Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob. One more for the good guys. Yes, indeed. It's been a little bit of a hiatus here. Uh, we were kind of in mourning over that horrific Survivor Series build-up and result. Uh, really wasn't a whole lot of, to talk about at the time, we thought. Uh, and we went ahead and did a special episode of the Top 10 Gimmick Changes in honor of what we're seeing going on with Kane. Uh, so that's available right now on our RSS feed, iTunes, and the... Uh, YouTube version that Rob so diligently made up with pictures of all the gimmick changes and everything. So please check that out. It's on the uh, Guys Nation YouTube, is it not, Rob? It is, and uh, it's the only video on there, so you should just be able to search Guys Nation. There may or may not be uh, a video that someone did for a Frisky Friday that uh, you might happen across, and uh, worst case scenario, you end up looking at a bunch of hot women for three minutes, but uh, yeah, I, I, I personally... And if you're think, a wrestling fan, that's only one minute longer than most Diva matches. Oh, look out. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm actually pretty proud of the video, so I'm hoping people will check it out. It, uh, it's got over 140 different images of the 10 individuals that we chose, not to mention the additional ones that we uh, had as part of our, uh, our honorable mentions. So, uh, I thought you were about to say 140 different viewers, but I guess we're probably not up to that yet, are we? Oh, I don't know. We we uh, we very well might be uh, way beyond that. But, well, uh, if you want to reach us, uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at GN Wrestling. Uh, we got a Guys Nation Facebook page and an email that is mostly dormant, <laughs> wrestling at guysnation.com. But if you do want to email, that's how to get to us. So. We got some big uh, things going on in the WWE now. Finally, uh, they're looking at title unification, which we suspected would be in the cards sometime. Uh, hopefully, in the next year, or at least that's maybe not hopefully, but that's what we suspected. And uh, we're starting to see the beginnings of it. They've at least set up a match for it. I think. Uh, I think a lot of our a lot of our fellow wrestling fans are kind of skeptical as to whether or not they're really going to go through with unifying the belts, given that we have a TLC match uh, with belts suspended on the ladder. Uh, so you could see some shenanigans, could you not, Rob? Oh, I could. And, uh, you know, I thought when they were originally setting it up, I thought they were giving themselves a little bit of leeway to not have to give both guys champ the champions, you know, not, not give both championships to one guy. They were saying we're going to hang both belts up there. Whoever gets up there and brings down the belt will be, you know, the new champion. I, I was really hoping that they were going to leave themselves open to having, you know, one guy get one belt and one guy get another one. 
I was kind of hoping that maybe we'd get a third participant somehow, some way. Well, did they... I mean, what do you think they did that precludes that possibility of them each getting a belt? Just well, the fact I, that they keep saying there's going to be one champion? Yeah, how, how Stephanie and... Uh, I guess it was just Stephanie, maybe... I can't remember if Triple H was in the ring for that or not, but uh, on this week's Raw, they said something about we will have one winner. We will have one champion. So, But still, okay. if both belts are above, I mean, it's still possible that they each grab one, even though they keep saying there's only going to be one champion. If they right. both grab one, then what are they going to do? Right, right. I mean, personally, I don't like the unification idea, but... Uh, for whatever reason, I just I don't I don't see them doing it. I guess it is a possibility, but honestly, I would probably rather have a unified champion than to go through another three months of a stalemate like we did with uh, Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, don't we think overall this is just this was kind of this was coming if you're gonna do away with the brand split, um, maybe. You know, a lot of us think that they could they could have done. Well, obviously, they could always book things better, but that there was probably a way to keep both championships relevant. But I think we have to admit it's much harder when they're not split onto different shows. Right. I mean, I, I guess with the official end of the brand split, and you know, them not even trying to do that anymore. That that having two belts both on the same show is a little problematic. I mean, they could have had an unofficial brand split where, uh, you know, John Cena is doing more on SmackDown than he is on Raw, but, you know, they didn't They didn't keep that up, so... Yeah. Uh, Do you think this is a desperation move? Are they, uh, you know, are they worried about how the past several pay-per-views have had low buy rates? And, I mean, if you think about it, you know, if they want to do something to pump up their buy rates... The ultimate thing they can do is take their two most accomplished stars and put them in a title unification match. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they could come up with anything bigger than what they're trying to do here. Right. I would guess that uh, it's not a short-term decision. I would guess that something probably happened, uh, you know, when they were looking at the big matches that The Rock provided, you know, when he was there for, you know, both those WrestleManias and, and Royal Rumble with uh, CM Punk, and I, I think they saw those signature matches and said, hey, you know, we're kind of watering down our world title situation anyway, you know, whether it's WWE title or uh, heavyweight championship, and I think they were just saying, we don't have these huge matches anymore because we have to book all these things every month. So I think, I think it's probably something that they've been considering for uh, probably a year or so. Yeah. So, so you mean the fact that the unification would just just add more gravitas to the belt in general, and yeah. fix some of the problems with having certain guys involved in the in the main event scene. Right, and it also it also makes it so that uh, if you have eight guys who you want to be in your main event picture over the course of the year, you don't have to book you know twenty four different title matches that are world caliber matches with those eight guys. You just have to book twelve. Yeah. Um, and and that way, you know, you don't get Randy Orton versus John Cena happening more than three times in the year. Yeah, and just the whole concept of, like, 
a big show versus Randy Orton when it was like less than a year ago, it seems they were fighting over the world championship. Uh, and now we're supposed to believe that they're, you know, just moved on to this other division seamlessly. And I don't know. The whole thing is just, I, I agree with you. If, if you've got a certain number of guys that you feel comfortable with in those big matches, it's so much easier to have just the one title. Uh, then we don't get stale, you know, three pay-per-views in a row of the same guys with the same match. Right, but uh, but I'll say this. They better be damn sure that the fans want to see those eight guys, and they better be damn sure that the guys the fans want to see get opportunities to move up because there's no better way to get fans to tune out than to say, okay, over the next two months we're going to be seeing Big Show, Randy Orton, and John Cena in the main event and there's no way guys like Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, guys like that are going to be up there, but people are just going to tune out. Yeah, I think that's an important topic that we might as well talk a little bit about. Uh, because, yeah, when you when you get rid of that, that secondary upper echelon belt like, like the world title is, you don't have those opportunities for a Dolph Ziggler to cash in, uh, for Damian Sandow to be discussed, uh, RVD to have his match. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're getting rid of this opportunity for guys to get a little taste of of success. Um, you know, now that's going to have to be put on the Intercontinental Championship, which, you know, it's possible that they bring that back into, into prestige. Um, but so I guess the whole thing begs the question is, do you see... You know, if we're going to have a, a limited set of main eventers, do you see anybody that's not already in this picture getting in there over the next year? Um, I mean, are there any candidates in your mind that you think could, to, could crack into that elite club that we suspect is going to start forming? Honestly, I, I don't. I, I don't see... You know, everyone keeps claiming that they think Roman Reigns is going to be one of the next guys to kind of move on up you know, based on how he did at Survivor Series, based on how, you know, he's he's been put, portrayed and, you know, people are predicting big things from him from the Royal Rumble. I just, I don't see him having big opportunities there. I think they're probably going to have him be in the United States title situation, um, maybe the Intercontinental um, I, I mean, I think I think the guys that that some fans want to see elevated are going to be stuck, you know, in the mid mid card title situations. And one thing I've always noticed is that you know when there's a guy that they want to elevate, WWE will give that person a match. They'll lose the match, then they'll take a few more months and come back, you know, maybe six months or a year later, and then get a serious opportunity. Well, if you've only got one world title to do that with, that gap in time might be a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's hard to see some of the names that are thrown around recently uh, getting into that scene. Uh, I'm talking guys like Roman Reigns, as you mentioned, uh, Damian Sandow. There's kind of a ground swelling of support for Big E. Um, you know, I think the problem is none of them have really had any undercard uh, title reigns of any significance. And you look back on the history of guys that have gotten into the WWE title picture, they've always had undercard reigns of significance before they get there. I mean, that, 
I mean, you might come up with like a Brock Lesnar or somebody that just shot right to the top, but that's a rarity. I mean, it's, it doesn't apply to anybody these days. Um, you know, even The Rock, Triple H, Stone Cold, all those guys spent two, three years, uh, you know, bouncing around the undercard, having intercontinental title feuds before they got up to the top. Yeah, I think I think perhaps one silver lining in all of this is that we might get a resurgence of the the tag team division. And historically, there have been some really strong world champions that have come as part of a tag team. Yep. So at this point, if they can move Mark Henry into a tag team, if they can move Big Show into a tag team, um, maybe Randy Orton back into a tag team once he's done with this world title situation, you know, get some of those guys in the tag division that not only helps keep them relevant and gives you a mid-card reason to watch the pay-per-view, but it also could help elevate somebody like Cody Rhodes or Big E or Titus O'Neil by having them face a guy that has some gravitas. And then, you know, if you can build up that team, you can build up that personality, then you can get some heat on that guy and then put them into the uh, the world title situation, and then they have something to fall back on after it works or doesn't work or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's I think that's probably the direction they're going down. I think they're they're trying to get back to the way things were before they bought WCW and had to kind of change things up. Uh, you know, if you get the tag team division built more, which they've been doing, they've had uh, at least a couple of tag matches every Raw, if not more than a couple. Uh, we're seeing a little feud brewing here between primetime players and real Americans. Uh, we're seeing Ryback and uh, Curtis Axel consistently together uh, being talked up by Michael Cole as a new tag team. And uh, so that's a way to get all these guys, as you were saying, that aren't necessarily in the main event scene yet involved. And then you can get your other guys that aren't um, that aren't quite on the main event level, but are still singles competitors involved with the Intercontinental belt, which we're seeing with Dolph Ziggler, Big E, Damian Sandow, and those type of guys. Maybe we'd even see that with The Miz and Kofi. I don't know if they're going to fucking tag up now after they hated each other. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so you get... It, it sets up a way to actually use these guys in a way that makes sense, rather than this haphazard, we've got five belts, uh, let's just shuffle everything around. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping they go that direction as well. But yeah, if 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 they don't start booking the mid card or a little little more strongly or with a little more effort, if they continue to seem as lazy as they are in trying to book this mid card, even with all of the uh, even with all the changes, I, I'm going to be disappointed because honestly, I had to think about it before. You know, when we were doing a little prep for this show. I was thinking to myself, okay, we're going to talk about the intercontinental situation. Who is the the current United States champion? And I had to sit there for a second and say, who is it? Right. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, that's right. It's Dean Ambrose, and nobody really cares. It makes Dean Ambrose look better, but nobody really cares because it doesn't seem like anybody wants that title. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping they do something with that. And. Another thought occurred to me when all this was going down, um, and I, I'd like to get your take on it. Um, they've talked about having just one unified champion, and a few, you know, 
a few years back when Jericho won it, um, they ended up giving him this new, this shiny new belt and whatever. When they got the tag tag titles unified, they they created these new championships. In in the sport of boxing, you have multiple championships and you have multiple belts. What would you think if they kept both belts but just put it on one champion? Um, I don't know. I I wouldn't. I mean, truth be told, I I've always wanted to have the unification. I just that's the way I'm wired. Um, I understand the history of the world title, um, and why it's important to a lot of people and everything. But for me, as a as a fan, it's hard to it's hard to care about a belt that I'm being told means something rather than it actually means something based on the fact that it's the top. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing something like that. I just, I wouldn't want it personally. And I think a lot of people, a lot of boxing fans would tell you that they've hated that system. Yeah, and... Uh, it's, and always truth, been, it's always been a problem. Yeah, truth be told, when I when I first started watching boxing with my dad, you know, he was like, oh, that guy's the world champion. And, and I see him there with, like, three titles. And it always confused me, and I, I don't I don't know that I ever liked it. I always thought it was weird that you have to get uh, the different organizations that represent each of those belts to decide who the top challenger is, and, you know, they can't agree, and, you know, then, then you don't get as many title belts, or, you know, t- title shots for those belts. Yeah, um, and it's hard to compare boxing because it's also real life, but you would get guys that would have one of the belts and just refuse to fight a guy with the other belt. Right. You know, which obviously isn't quite the case in wrestling, but but that's one of the reasons that having multiple belts in boxing was annoying to a lot of people. Yeah, and the other thing that occurs to me is that, you know, they had the uh, the unified world title in WWE for a little while, but then when they decided that they wanted to, when they wanted two world champions again, Eric Bischoff just showed up on Raw or SmackDown or wherever it was with this belt, and they've talked about this belt having history, but he just gives it to Triple H. So I'm just thinking, if they stick with two belts on one champion, if they don't present this new unified title thing, you know, if they don't create this all-new physical belt, if they don't just take away the World Heavyweight Championship, then you have the potential that if they end up wanting, you know, two champions instead of just one champion then in the future they could do another ladder match like this where one guy gets one belt and one guy gets another, and then we have split champions again. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I could see that. Um, I'm hoping they don't go that direction personally, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past the WWE. And, and you know, before we start moving on from this topic, I did want to mention that I'm of the opinion that we are not getting a unified champion after this pay-per-view. Uh, and I guess we'll, you know, we've got a couple weeks before it happens, so we'll talk more about that. But at, at the moment, I don't think it's happening this way. So, so you're thinking that as, at the at the close of the TLC pay per view, we'll have we'll still have two world champions. I, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess that would have to be the result if it's not one. But. Uh, yeah, I feel like a switcheroo. Like it's just Cena ends up with the WWE title, and or it ends up with the world title. Okay. So, uh, do you th- and I, I do think unification's coming. 
I just don't think they're going to finalize it at TLC. Okay, so you think you think within the next year we'll just have one champion holding the championship that represents both? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I still see that happening at WrestleMania. I just I, it doesn't make any sense to me that you would take this this kind of scenario that happens so rarely in the history of wrestling and not make it happen at WrestleMania 30. Right. Why, why is it going to be at a throwaway pay-per-view in December when buy rates are down? Right. It's not well, happening. Cer- certainly you, you, could, you could see that uh, the fact that it is a throwaway pay-per-view and the fact that WrestleMania is going to be WrestleMania 30, people are already going to be going to WrestleMania 30. They've already bought tickets. You know, People are, are going to order the pay-per-view no matter what. Whereas who cares about TLC? I mean, Survivor Series was crap. Why should TLC be you know that that much better? Well, they're going to give you a reason to care about it now, right? Yeah, yeah, and they've given me a reason to care. Um, and yeah, I did want to talk a little bit about Cena and Orton because I think they did good work. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about them before we hit the break. And and they did to me, you know, make me interested in the match because, you know, these are two guys I really don't care about. I mean, right. I, I admit that they both are very talented and typically put on excellent matches. But then, you know, I don't have any sort of affinity for either guy. So putting them in a match together, it's like, oh, my God, I don't even know who to root for. Like, can they both die at the same time? You know, it's kind of <laughs> just, it's it's hard. But, you know, I think they did really good work at the contract signing. Um and they and they did a good job throughout the show of reminding us of the history between the two guys, which is something that they don't always respect. You know the history that we've seen before. Uh, you know they showed Orton punt kicking, seeing his dad, things right. like that. Um, and you know Cena respected the history about the belts, talking about if you're from the south you go woo, if you're from the north you say look at these pythons, brother. Uh, so. You know, a lot of good stuff throughout the show, and then the contract signing was really good with, with Cena kind of spelling out how Orton wants things handed to him, Cena's the harder worker. And then you finally get these guys to actually brawl, to actually get physical, which is the thing to me that's been missing from so many pay-per-view builds lately, is that you never see the guys that are in the big match that supposedly hate each other actually attack each other, as as they should because they're fighters. Right. I mean, um, Orton... Orton picked up and threw that table at Cena. Yeah. Cena was like, make a move, make a move. And Orton was like, all right, bitch, throws a table at him. Right, exactly. And so, you know, to me, obviously the list of things WWE can improve is long, and everybody's got their opinion on that. But for me, the biggest one is the lack of brawls like this leading into pay-per-views because that sells you on the feud and... You know, it almost doesn't matter what they say. I mean, the stuff that they said in the ring was good, but you add that physicality on top of it, and suddenly I'm I'm marking out. I'm like, I'm ready to see these guys throw down. Um, so, you know, doing all that, you know, made me care about it. Whereas before, if, they, if all they had done was cut promos on, you know, I work harder, I'm, uh, I've got the legacy, you know, uh, I'd just walk into that pay-per-view thinking, oh, my God, let's get this over with. Right. You know, so I'm so glad they did that. I really hope that's sign of things to come, and it's not just because it's Cena and Orton. I hope that they treat feuds like this going forward. Uh, I'm sure I'm probably hoping 
against hope with that. But <laughs> no, well, I, I remember I remember talking to you um, during the build up to both of the uh, Cena Rock matches, and I, I I distinctly remember that being one of your uh, your biggest pet peeves with the feud is that uh, okay you got these two guys they talk smack on each other every week, but they they very rarely actually you know. Bump heads like there's 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 no yeah. punching there's no kicking like there's no shoving like what's going on with these guys so yeah that, that there are definitely reasons to be looking forward to this match yeah you got to throw fists and you know I think when people talk about great match uh, promos and buildups uh, to like you know some of the historic main events in the past one of the ones that always gets brought up is Steve Austin on the Rocket WrestleMania 17 and there's that there's that great hype video that was made. And it shows all the encounters they had over the course of a month or whatever. Just, you know, Steve Austin and Rock with the beers, like, smacking into each other and then finally just throwing fists. And, you know, all that kind of stuff is, like, you need that to make you feel like these guys hate each other and get that uh, get that excitement level going for when they're actually standing in the ring and the pay-per-view and the bell rings and you're like, okay, now I'm ready to see who's going to win this fight. You know, you've already wet my appetite. But... Yeah, Lately, no, they just I haven't mean, been doing that. It's just all talk. Yeah, and personally, I, I like it better when uh, when they don't have these contrived contract signings or whatever where you just have, you know, like John Cena in a match with just some random dude, you know, whoever you want it to be, and then right after the match, John Cena gets up and he's about to celebrate. He turns around, boom, gets hit with an RKO. Yeah. Then maybe you have something where Randy Orton's backstage talking to somebody and laughing about how he did that to... John Cena, then boom, he gets hit in the back, and then he gets thrown through a door with the attitude adjustment. Right, I, right. I, I like that kind of physicality, and I, I agree. It certainly adds something to a feud. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and hopefully you know that'll trickle down. They'll do it with other um, level of feuds, you know, like a Big E versus Sandow kind of thing. You know, it'd be great to see a backstage attack. Um. Because, yeah, that's that's ultimately, and I, I think kind of gets at the heart of what both of us have felt has been a problem for a long time, is that they just don't do a good job of making us care about these feuds. Um, they're too short. They don't have enough uh, aggression or hate for each other. And really, the main event scene has suffered from having this third wheel of, you know, some authority figure in, in, in some shape or form for a couple of years now between Big Johnny and Vince and Triple H. It's just like... Come on, can we just have two guys that hate each other? And that's what we finally got a little taste of, I think, on Monday. So, yep. No, I think that's a strong point because you didn't get a lot of that during uh, Randy Orton and uh, Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan and John Cena. You didn't get a lot of the personal hate. You just kind of got, you know, this is being set up by the authority. So. Yeah, this is uh, it's my time to be the face. Right. All right. So let's hit a break. Uh, we got. Some other pretty big topics. Uh, two guys that are likely going to be part of that elite main event club each get thrown into handicap matches: Punk versus Shield, Brian yep, versus Wyatt's. And in, in both cases, you've got you've got those feuds that you're talking about, feuds that you care about because they've got it and it, they've made it physical. They've given you a reason that these guys want to fight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll talk a lot about them, and then we got Biggie and Sandow. Uh, Sandow just won the number one contender from Dolph Ziggler, and then an introduction of a new character, Bad News Barrett. We'll talk about all that more 